The Derek Talks About Black with Black Podcast Episode 1 Hater Hello and welcome to the Derek Talks About Blank with Blank podcast. This first episode's guest is Payton. They are a Nashville-based indie pop rock band. Um, and they recently released an album in April of this year. Uh, they got signed on to Veen Isaac's record label, Vonic Music, in the mid-2018 They have over 7,800 monthly listeners on Spotify currently and over 800 followers on Spotify, 5,000 followers on Facebook and over 4,000 on Instagram. And their top stream song on Spotify is Have I Found My Home with over 140,000 streams, which is like a feat for such a small band and (laughs) such a beginning band. I mean, you guys are only in this for like now two years in the artist game so thank you guys so much for coming on it is yeah, thanks yeah, for having us yeah, yeah, thanks for having okay so um let's go over uh so general questions that i have for you and i'll have for every guest on the podcast for future um episodes so for you guys what other artists or bands or even other things like whether it's TV shows, movies, uh, anything. What are your biggest inspirations for your music? Do you want to go first? <laughs> yeah, I mean that's a really good question. Um, I think for me, my biggest inspiration is kind of like the musicians that I love, honestly, um, and also the musicians that I grew up listening to because I know as a kid I like took so much comfort in music and and I strive to write the things that uh like 16 year old me would really appreciate you know and um and so I think that's the biggest inspiration for me so yeah for me the answer is Coldplay (laughs) (laughs) pretty much uh What did you think of their last album? I liked it a lot. Um, I'm surprised, like, there's, like, swear words on it, which is something I never would have thought yeah. would have a Coldplay album and stuff like that. <laughs> oh, totally, um, yeah. It's it's interesting. I hate that, and this might be a, a bigger topic for a bigger, like, question or whatever, but I hate that uh, music has become so streaming-based, so all the songs are really short so that they can, like, rack up the yeah. streaming royalties um, instead of, like, these longer kind of, more melodically movement based pieces like yeah. your fix use and your death and all's friends stuff like that but mm-hmm. i liked a lot of it and i i, I uh revisited it like a couple of days ago and i was i was surprised with how much i liked it um like the there was the 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 one with what's the one jacob collier the, the oh there's like two or three of the songs that jacob collier collabed um, with yeah, yeah uh, the one the cry cry cry. I really like that. Yes, song. oh, favorite on the album. So yeah. good. Same yeah. Um, um. Yeah, I thought there were more hits than misses. You know, I thought there were a couple of songs that I, I wasn't wild about, but for the most part, yeah, I enjoyed it. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, so next question: Do you ever find a deeper connection 
to one of the songs you make, but then another song that you weren't expecting to get popular gets popular. And I mean, I asked you, I asked whoever runs the Instagram account. Um, I yeah, that's, I mean, both yeah. of us. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I know I asked you that on Instagram, like, I don't yeah. know, like about a month ago. And we were just talking about how, like, apparently my most streamed song on Spotify is your out of reach demo. And I, I just threw that out there. Like I was like, yeah, I'll just record this and throw it out on a whim. And I mean, I personally don't even like the song because it's literally garage band, crappy guitar. And it's me <laughs> while I was slightly sick. So my voice is absolute crap. And there's only reverb on like the ooh section. Like it's literally <laughs> the most demos version of a demo song. It, it's, yeah, for sure. So, but then that got popular, and I was like, how did this song get popular? So you guys and explain. Yeah, I will say there's some cool – back before I knew how to play guitar, um, I would use GarageBand, the GarageBand guitar stuff. And, like, if you do, like, <laughs> swells the right way, you can make some weird sounds. Like, it's fun, <laughs> that little guitar simulator thing. Um, but to your question, yeah, I think – uh, have I found my home is our biggest song, and I don't think we originally wanted to record that. And I think really, uh, Vion convinced us to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, it was one that we I demoed out, and I couldn't, I didn't know what I wanted it to sound like. I, I, uh, I had writ- she wrote the second verse, but I wrote the first verse, and um, I couldn't figure out what I wanted it to sound like, you know. Um, and so to me, it was just a, uh, um it never struck me as a song. I was like, Oh, I'll not finish this one. And then I sent beyond when we were figuring out songs for the album, I sent him just a folder of a hundred demos and he liked that one and picked it out. Uh, and I don't know if, if you felt the same way about that song, but. Uh, I wouldn't say have I found my home. I've always like really enjoyed that song. Um, but that probably is because it has a bit more sentimental value. Um, but one song that I was really surprised about was um, sail on. That was one mm-hmm. song that it was kind of like a last minute add on. Like we were like wanting to make it a bit more of an even fill in some more songs. So we're like, oh, we'll, we'll throw in Sail On. That one's, that one's all right. We'll do that. And, and then it ended up like kind of skyrocketing. It was the first like, um, yeah. like really big playlist add on Spotify that we got. And like yeah. Sail On kind of set the pace for everything. Yeah. Um, and so that was really cool. I, did not expect that to happen at all. <laughs> yeah. No. When so I actually found out about Vian, uh, like start of 2018, end of 2017. <laughs> I don't remember how I found out about him, honestly. But after I found him, then I found like all the other artists and bands sure. that he had done through Vonic Music. So I like fell yeah. in love with the Arcadian Wild, Ben Laver, Juniper Vale. Like I, I fell in love with like all of them. And then when he announced you guys, I was like oh this sounds cool i'll just go check this out and i was like sail on was like it like blew my mind for some reason i was just like and i mean at the time i was like i mean i was like yeah don't hold back is like a good song because you like released them on like the same day or whatever and i was like yeah that's a good song but now as i've listened to the album more like this week because i actually want want to do like a really really deep dive into the album just to like look at lyrics and just revisit songs that i hadn't listened to much and i was like this is actually like a fantastic song i don't know why i was like kind of partial to this uh, what was my problem in 2018 <laughs> yeah i because we released those on the same day and um we pushed don't hold back you know how you can 
on Spotify, you can submit to their curators and yeah. they'll maybe listen to it and whatever. So we did that with Don't Hold Back. And then Ceylon was the one that got kind of picked up, um, <laughs> which was super weird and surprising, but yeah. whatever, that's that's fine. Um, so I, yeah, I don't think either of us expected it to, mm-hmm. uh, for Ceylon to jump out the gates as fast as it did. Yeah, and I, I think honestly, We've had this a very similar conversation with Dion and, and, and Sarah from Juniper Vale um, mm-hmm. about how it's just a common occurrence. Like the things you expect to do well don't really meet your expectations and vice versa. The things you don't really expect to do super well right off the bat are always the ones to kind of push forward and, and do really well. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. And, and I guess the other side of that was Ghost of You was one that we thought was really gonna mm-hmm. um, do numbers, you know, do work, and it 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 uh, it, it kind of came out of the gate a little slow, mm-hmm. and it's it's picked up since yeah. then, but um, it definitely didn't do what we thought it was gonna do initially. Um, that was when we put a lot of our like uh, marketing, creative, advertising behind. Yeah. Um, and it, it didn't blow up as as much as the other ones did. And we're just like, oh, well, I guess people have different uh, yeah. opinions on stuff. Honestly, I actually had to grow on that song. Like, at first I was like, yeah, this is this is good, I guess. It, that was kind of the same with Scars. Like, I was like, at first I was like, yeah, this is a good song. And then, like, after I started to listen to it more, I'm like, this is a good song. I got to listen to this more. What was I missing out? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, so yeah, I think that's what the the general vibe with Ghost of You was was it's one of those songs that I I was so attached to it for so long because I wrote that song. That was one of the, that's probably the oldest song really? on the album. I wrote it maybe two thousand and fifteen, two thousand fourteen, um, or at least the chorus. Anyway, I just had that chorus for forever, and I just was like, this chorus is gonna is gonna change the world. Um, I never could nail the verses. <laughs> Um, but, uh, and I think it, it is one of those songs that it grew on people eventually. Cause it's one of our, it's got, it's, I think one of the higher stream count songs, but yeah. not super high of like listeners, if that makes sense. So like people repeat, yeah. listen to it. Mm-hmm. So people that like it, they've discovered it. And I don't know. So I, I think that's how, that's how I would interpret those numbers anyways, is it's one that people yeah. grew on. Sure. Okay. Uh, favorite artists or bands at the moment? Like just currently? Yeah. Like what are you streaming? That's a tough one. I mean, I feel like I regularly go to Bear's Den, The Killers, and Sarah Bareilles. Those are probably my three that are almost always in my rotation constantly. Really? Um, wow. So. <laughs> um, I've been doing a lot of uh, discography. Like I'll find a, a group and just like start at like their first album and just let it play throughout the entirety of their career. Um, mm-hmm. I did that with like the Beach Boys a couple of days ago. Um, <laughs> just started at like the, the I think the first one's called like Surfing USA or something like that um, and just started at that and then like watch their sound evolve all the way to like Pet Sounds and uh, Smile like and you realize how good 
how innovative they were at the time, you know, with yeah. um, the cool sounds that they put on that album. Um, so that's, that's uh, 1975 was another one that I did that with the other day, just like hit play at the start and kind of let it go down. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I will say like my, probably my most favorite music at the time, um, like at this moment is uh, Manchester Orchestra's A Black Mile to the Surface. That's probably the album that I listen to the most at the moment. So. Yeah. For some reason, since I, because you guys probably saw how I posted, like, right at the start of the, uh, of the recent Black Lives Matter movement, I was, I, I made that playlist of hashtag Black Lives Matter on my artist playlist. <laughs> and so most of what I've actually been streaming is just that playlist. And I've just been like adding as I found new artists. And for some reason, I've just had this weird revelation that Chance the Rapper's <laughs> non-explicit tracks are like fantastic. I've, I've been listening to the, those and I, I'm going to say her name wrong. And this is just because I don't know how to say her name right. But oh, Liana, sure. Liana La Havas, I think is, I, I, I probably just okay. said it wrong. But um, her first, her four newest singles, um, I think th- they just blow my mind how musical her stuff is. Like, it's just, it just feels nice. I'll have to check that out. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Chance the Rapper. Oh my goodness. Oh, one of my favorites. Oh. That, great. that, uh, the one that he does with Ben Gibbard, the Do You Remember song, that, like, I love Oh, yes. Such a so good song. The thing was, I never listened to Death Cab for Cutie, but I have listened a ton to, um, what was the end? He was in with one album. I have Service. it on vinyl. Wait, say that again? Service? Yes, Postal Service. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I recognized the voice. I'm like, where did I recognize this voice? I'm like, it yeah. took me like a good like two days just to realize it was the lead singer of Postal yeah. Service because I never heard Death Cab for Cute. I mean, I heard of the band name. I've heard of that, obviously. Yeah. I've just never heard any of their music. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. But I, it, that is a good song. Um, honestly, I think probably my favorite from him right now is either Same Drugs or um, the one on his newest album. It's the... It's the only one where, or the non-explicit one where he sings. Because you know how he has those, like, few tracks yeah. <laughs> where he actually sings instead of raps in it? For sure. Oh, yeah. Town on a Hill. Town on a yes. Hill. Yes. Yeah. 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 That, that is a good song. Very chill, though, compared yeah. to a lot of his other stuff that I've heard. Yeah. He's, I mean, he's fantastic. Um, yeah. His song, I don't know if you're familiar with, um, uh, what's his name? Francis and the Lights. But he does a song with Francis and the Lights called uh, "May I Have This Dance," and it's fantastic. It's, oh, I haven't heard. I need to look cool. it up now. Um, he does a lot of stuff with uh, Bon Iver uh, and Kanye West and that kind of crew. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, uh, Chance the Rapper, fantastic. So good. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. That next gen cue is for the last question so i will skip that for now uh so let's move on to my questions that i have for you which yeah you guys saw them already but these are kind of deep lyrically (laughs) mainly because honestly i think that you guys even though you guys do focus a lot on the instrumentals or the musicality of your music you guys really really dig deep with your lyrics um so first question so i recently noticed like this was 
really early on this week um, when I was doing the deep dive into the album um, that I noticed your song Songbird sounds really, really similar to a Juniper Vale song because it has like the two things that make a Juniper Vale song, which are yeah. ethereal vocal chops and a slight hint hint of banjo in the background i mean those are the two things that make her music um so so, did you guys like work on it with her or like was she like helpful with that because like it sounds really really close to something that she would make yeah so i I, so songbird actually was meant in its original form to be an upbeat folk song and that was kind of its original form. That was how it was written. And when we started really thinking about working on it, um, we realized like we would love to see it take on something darker, you know, and um, really bring out the depth that is in the lyrics. Um, and so when we brought it to Vion, we were kind of just like, we don't really know because we're too close to it. We don't know how to get what we want out of it. So we kind of just let Vion have his way and um, take it to wherever he wanted to and have like a ton of creative freedom. And um, legitimately what happened was we told him that and a few days later we went into the studio and he played us that and we're like, this is, this is it, you know? And um and I don't know if, if you know this, but Vion also produces a lot of Juniper Vale stuff. Yeah, and, he does. Um, and so he, he, I feel like, just really merged the two really well. And I think um, mm-hmm. this song really lent itself to uh, Juniper Vale vibes, you know? Um, and also Juniper Vale, she has a song called Bird Song. Bird Song, yeah. Um, <laughs> So I thought that was funny that yeah. um, we had Songbird and she has Bird Song. Yeah. The banjo, the banjo's been there since day one. That was something that... Really? Um, it was, cause, so Sabrina yeah. won't admit this maybe on camera, um, but she grew up in the country world. Her sister's in country music and stuff like that. I did. And so I think that song was originally a country song. Um, so that's where the banjo kind of came from. Mm-hmm. Um, and I... I, I I was in a folk band in college, so I, I, I have a banjo and kind of ish know how to play it. Um, uh, the guy from Jude and the Lion taught me like two cool tricks. On really, banjo. you guys have yeah. met Jude and the Lion? Oh yeah, we went. He, he we went to school together. He, uh, they all they all live down the so hall cool. from me. Yeah. Um, oh, that's so cool. Yeah, they're they're really they're great guys. We shot a couple of their music videos when Vian and I lived together in our attic. Um, <laughs> There's a couple of videos uh, that we shot up there. Um, and so that day while he was doing it, he taught me this one cool trick on banjo. It's the only like cool thing I know how to do. Um, and so for that song, I, I got to use that little trick where you like make a C shape and then slide it up to the D and stuff like that. And it's like the one cool thing I know how to do on banjo. Um, but yeah, that's been there since that that's been there since day one. Hey, at least you're more advanced than me. I don't know how to play guitar or banjo <laughs> or any string music or string yeah. instrument for that matter. Gotcha. So, uh, but yeah, to, I guess to uh, summarize, like Sarah definitely had a lot of influence um, in the sound um, because her sound was essentially what we were trying to achieve 
was that yeah that uh darker ethereal but still keeping the folk vibes there you know even though her newer stuff i think has in a way like her, a lot of her older stuff was like a lot darker and like with stuff like mirror mirror and oh, what are other newer songs like blanking on songs What's i'm just the, saying mirror mirror because that's my favorite one of hers yeah. but it, i mean it's like but so the, like, bright the with it, the bells slow it, slow it down is really yeah. right that's one of my favorite songs yeah yeah um, and then uh the expanse is another one that's it's, expanse. oh yeah there's a lot of brightness yeah. in that yeah yeah hmm. yeah um, what was the idea behind the design of the album cover for Pass? And for the audience that doesn't know Patton as well, um, they actually get all their covers done by a guy named Hein Zeiman. Is that how you say it? Uh, Zeiman. Zeiman. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he's also the brother of Ian Isaac. Um, and the, he collabs with a lot of the Vonic music uh, artists and does their art for them. So, what was like the design pattern of it? Like, what was the idea behind that? Like, um, so for all the albums, for because we we did a bunch of singles leading up to the album, um, we wanted something that we could keep, I guess, brand consistent, but um, be able to change out. So we had the idea of doing kind of a sketch with a colored background and for every single changing out the yeah. color. Um, and so we had Hein, you know, do those like watercolor sketches on like little napkin drawings that we did. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so he presented all of those. And then for the final cover, we were like, well, this is the album. We can't just have it be another of the yeah. same thing. Um, so we were trying to figure out how to do that. And at the same time, we were trying to figure out like an icon that could um, kind of be a, a logo, like like Prince's little weird squiggle thing. And, you know, um, we were trying to figure out like a, an icon that we could use. Yeah, something like easily recognizable where you put it on something yeah. and it's obviously us, you know? Yeah, and so for the longest time it was going to be a compass. And then yeah. um, we couldn't... we. I just couldn't figure out a cool way to do a compass that wasn't done, you know, a million times before. Yeah, um, I get that. So mm-hmm. we went with the, like, we knew that we knew the album was going to be called paths and we were like, well, what's something that like you would figure out paths with. And that's kind of where that idea of that, the sextant, that, mm-hmm. that compass telescope tool yeah. uh, came from was, was that I think. Yeah. Um, I think you said you were sitting there and you're like the thing that Johnny Depp uses in the Pirates of the Caribbean <laughs> yeah. and we had to like Google search what yeah. is the thing called from the Pirates of the Caribbean yeah nobody and, knows what it's called but everybody knows what it is yeah. <laughs> yep um, so that's kind of yeah, where that yeah. came and then putting it in gold I wanted to um, uh, do like gold foil um, but you'd lose a lot of the intricacies of what Hein did in the illustrations so we ended up just yeah. doing like yeah. a gold coloring on it mm-hmm. Um, but I still think it turned out really cool. And yeah. I I'm trying to look around to see if we have any CDs in the room, but I don't see any. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, I'd hold it up to the camera. But, um, but yeah. Do you want the photo on the, on here? Because I can just share the screen. <laughs> if uh, you want, see. you can pop it up. Share screen. Yep. Right here. 
share the screen. Let's so that's what it looks like to the audience yeah. if you haven't seen it before. Yeah, so it's like kind of the telescope. That's the sextet, I guess. The thing yeah. in the middle. Yeah. Okay, so that's what it looks like with the gold and the bluish, grayish, silverish background. Yeah. Um. So, oh, yeah, and I know you mentioned this before we started recording, but um, the name and the name of your album pass how'd you get that yeah so the name came from the first this the name of the street that we bought our first house on um that's where that name came from and then it's the name is actually dutch for the word paths and we use the word paths like two or three times on the album um, yeah like throughout it i was like oh it's kind of cool that that's in there as well yeah. Uh, and that's kind of where that uh, idea kind of came from and took shape. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Uh, so in your song, Ghost of You, the main character is talking about being haunted with the memory of someone they love dearly. When you first wrote the song, was it written because this was experienced by one of you, a friend or family member of yours? Or was this based off of another story, like a book, movie, TV show? Something like that. Um, is it just Ghost something you, you wrote? Ghost of You was, uh, there was every, every year my family puts out a, um, a calendar of, we have like a really big family that all live up in Canada. And we put out a, a calendar uh, with just like pictures from the year and stuff like that. And the cover of it was a picture of my grandparents dancing at their wedding. Like in the 40s, I think. I'm not sure what year it was, but, you know, way back in the day, so it was like an old grainy black and white kind of sepia photo. Um, And uh, my grandmother at the time, she's passed since, but she had Alzheimer's really bad. Um, And we kind of all knew it was, the end was coming and stuff like that. Um, And so that's, that's more or less where the idea came from was just, it was in the same room as me when I was playing piano. Uh, and that's just kind of the words kind of came out like mm. um, with that. And I, I wanted to write it. So it was vague enough to where if, if, if you um, like just got like broke up with your girlfriend, you could relate to it emotionally yeah. that way, you know? Um, but that's kind of the core of where it uh, originated. And then that, that's one of that I think that's the only song that you and I didn't write completely ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. We took it to um, a buddy of mine, Cole, who sings on it. He's He's got like this low baritone voice. So he sings really? on it. Uh, he's one of the harmonies towards the end of it. Um, wow. And then, uh, and then Vion as well. And so the four of us kind of finalized the verses. Cause I couldn't, I could never just, I could never get the verses right. Um, yeah. So I've, I've probably written like seven or eight verses to that song, <laughs> and I'm just really? like, I hate all of these. Um, uh, so that's kind of how that came along. Um, it was a long process. Um, yeah. No. Uh, to put into perspective, the process "Ghost of You" was one of the first songs that Philip ever played for me uh, when we first started dating. Whoa. Um, so, and that was. Six years ago. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. yeah. 
It's a long time. Mm-hmm. It's a haunting song for a first song to play to a girlfriend, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so your song Stories um, has the lyric, tell me, do you see what's broken and bruised about me? So the theme of loving someone who has flaws or scars and taking that person as they are and not making them a quote-unquote project, as some people might phrase it, uh, shows up really, really often in your album Pass. Why did you choose this theme to like pop up so often throughout like three or four different songs on the album? Yeah, um, so Stories was a song I wrote actually um, right when Philip and I first started dating. No. And um, about yours truly. Um, <laughs> and um, really what it was, was um, that specific line came from a feeling of um, in the past, it's always been when someone has gotten to know me, it's always kind of been just like, we're going to step away. And, um, and so I think it came from my personal fear of someone actually getting to know me and understanding me and deciding it's not worth it. And also I think the theme of it came from understanding that that's a really common feeling among many people, you know, and um, just having that feeling of, unconditional love and acceptance of who you are is um even in song form is just such a comfort and I think that's that's one thing we really strive to uh convey towards our listeners you know uh, that there's someone out there who's going to care for you no matter who you are and what your flaws are and um I think that's that's really where it comes from is just the desire to let people know that, you know, so. Wow. <laughs> I'm just like, whoa. <laughs> okay. Um, wow. Um, other themes that show up quite frequently are being independent and finding a home in the people you love and surround yourself with. Um, you want to talk about that as well? Because, I mean, those pop up so often. Yeah. I mean, the- yeah. Yeah. So um, I think during this time when we were writing most of these songs, both Philip and I were kind of in a tumultuous place where a lot of things were changing. You know, you were moving, I was going to college, and um, all these things were happening. And we were both realizing, like, we're becoming adults. Like, we are grown-ups now we are responsible for ourselves this is kind of the first time that we can really genuinely say that and um and that was a really big part of our lives during that time and so and uh, it came out in our music you know like um sail on was yeah. about kind of moving away from home and and um, not knowing what comes next and wondering if you're going to have the strength to keep going, you know? Yeah. And, um, and I feel like when we wrote those songs, we found out 
how much it resonates with so many others and, and how that, how much that, that, uh, experience is shared through so many others. And, um, and it doesn't really ever go away. You know, you keep hitting these milestones of, you don't know what comes next. You're not, you don't know what's happening next. And, um, and it's just kind of life. (laughs) Um, so I know that's kind of why we chose to keep it a reoccurring theme because it's something that resonates with so many people. And yeah. yeah, I think, I think the age um, where you realize like home isn't home anymore, you know, where you yeah. like you, when you, when you say, Oh, I'm headed home for the weekend um, or I'm, I'm going home to visit my family, but like, that's not where you live. You, so like, I don't know the word home versus like your house is a different meaning and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of for how I found my home or have I found my home. That's kind of how that song was envisioned is like, um, you know, we don't have the, the house, but as long as we have each other, we have a home kind of deal. Um, so that's where that came from. Um, and I think everyone has that in their life. Everyone has a moment where they're like, Oh, I'm not, I don't live at home anymore. My parents mm-hmm. live at home. I live at an apartment near my college or whatever, you know, with yeah. three other people. Yeah. So uh, that's kind of the idea behind that. Yeah. I feel like I'm going to be awakened to that soon since I'm not going to yeah. be a sophomore in college. So yeah. that's coming yeah. up really quickly. For sure. <laughs> Yeah, that, and if, that, that feeling, I mean, 100%, that's around when that starts to kick in. So. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think my sophomore year was when we wrote Sail On. So. Yeah. yeah, so get ready wow. for that. Yeah. Great. <laughs> <laughs> um, have either of you helped write songs for other artists that are part of the Vonic Music label? Um, if the answer is yes, who have you collaborated with? If the answer is no, who do you want to collaborate with? Or like be featured on or something along those lines? Um, so Beyond and I were, I guess some history is we, I met Beyond about 10 years ago. Um, and about like a week after I met him, we, we started a band. Um, <laughs> and so we've written, you know, tons of songs together. A lot of the songs that we've done together um, uh, have been released through his projects um Um, where i'll and it's i mean beyond he is prolific in how he writes you know Um, he he can walk out the room and come back with three new songs and they're all like smash songs Uh, um yeah and so and i i have you know i'll contribute a verse or something like that but you know he's (laughs) uh fantastic but i mean he's amazing to write with um so i've i've had the good fortune of uh i think b and i when we were in a band together we released about 20 or 25 songs um when we were in college um and i mean we still work together we still write together and stuff pretty frequently uh and i i guess i think vienna will be okay if we tell this but we did a collaboration with sarah um and i I, it's it's gonna be one of her songs um but we kind of co-wrote it um and i don't know when the release date is so i i that's probably all i'm allowed to say (laughs) is uh it's coming soon um we're really excited about it it's gonna be a i think it's it's turned out super well i'm really excited it's turned out really well and it's gonna it's a really touching song and and 
really yes. beautiful. So. Yeah. Oh, and Jeremy and I—we write together all the time. We've we've had a, a couple writing sessions. Oh, yeah, like that. Jeremy, Jeremy Ravine, right? Correct. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, yeah, and for the audience that doesn't know who Sarah is, Sarah is this mysterious being. Yeah, Sarah is Sarah is Gina Brevale. That's her real name. The Bruce Wayne to her Batman. Yeah. Yeah. So that's really awesome. Uh, how about any of the like smaller artists, like? Um, I'm like trying to think of other names like Zach. Zach Canales. Um, yeah, I think that's his name, Zach Yeah, there's. He's signed so. Because I hadn't been on the Vonic Music website for like many months since like about the start of my first year of college in the fall. And I looked on there like a few months ago and I'm like, he signed how many new artists? I was like, yeah. There were so many new names. I was like, I have to catch up. I have to listen to all these people's music because I love this label. It's like, what For happened? Sure. It was yeah. like only like six people. Now it's like 15. Yeah, yeah. He, <laughs> he exploded with a bunch of artists. Absolutely. Him, um, Dan joined. I think Dan was, I think Dan's been around for forever. So it's hard, mm-hmm. hard to, I don't remember when he officially like joined and so, like yeah. released mm-hmm. his music and stuff like that yeah um uh but yeah uh, i have not i've only met zach i think once but uh, i don't know if you listen to a song through my mind but that song is on repeat for me i I am floored by like how uh sway that song is um micah who is polar uh oh yeah yeah yeah. um (laughs) and so i I think that's how beyond met him was through micah um but yeah, that song is incredible. Yeah. Um, and uh, Dan and I haven't written anything yet, but we've worked on um, like a lot of, he's a photographer and does graphic design mm-hmm. as well. So we've worked on like design stuff. Yeah. And he's he's, work yeah, with. he's an incredibly talented uh, in, in marketing and photography as well as music. Yeah. And, uh, so we've been working on him with uh, marketing, things like that, working on, getting some photo shoots going and stuff like that. So we've been collaborating in that sense and hopefully yeah. soon to be in the musical sense. Cause he's mm. fantastic. Yeah. So. Oh, I, I loved his EP. It was so good. Oh yeah. It was fantastic. So good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So uh, now moving on to the fan questions. One Let me go to the second page. Okay, <laughs> here we go. Okay, fan questions. Okay, so the first one is from at abhero underscore means cloud on Instagram. They asked, your album arts are amazing. Would you consider making visualizers for your songs in the future? Because whenever I listen to Ghost of You, I always hallucinate that the ghost in the album is flying around. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. we It's something we've wanted to do uh, illustration is very time consuming yeah and high is like i don't know if if you follow high on any of his projects but like he's working oh, yeah. for like disney and like honda oh, yeah. and movies and stuff like that oh, yeah. so he's like in high demand <laughs> so anytime we can like quickly say hi and we just need a, a an illustration real quick for this um you know like that that's that takes like that takes a long time for him to get done so um mm-hmm. I would love to animate that. We've done we've done um, kind of short ones where they 
like come in and out um, with a little bit of animation, but not like movement. Um, it's definitely something I would love to do because exactly that, um, that idea of the ghost or the, the, the couple dancing or something like that is, I think mm-hmm. would be a powerful image, but it's just something that I don't have that skill set. I mean, very few people can illustrate as well as Hein does. <laughs> yeah. um, Mm. Uh, but that is definitely something that I would love to do. We, we would love to do it, and hopefully we'll find the logistics to get it done at yeah. some point. I messed around with it with, um, I forget what program I was using, but it, it looked very, like, liquidy and very kind of, like, because it, instead of making, like, animation, like, illustration animation, I was just trying to get the people to move, and it looked very, like, wonky, and I was like, this isn't, this isn't looking good. So <laughs> I just kind of gave up on that. Okay. Yeah, I, I was when he said that I was like, "Ooh, this actually sounds interesting." I wouldn't have thought of this question. Um, <laughs> yeah, so let's look forward to that if that happens in the future. Um, so the next fan question is from at Troyan Abed dot in the morning on Instagram, which is a community Troy fan page. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep. Love that show. That's so good. Uh, so he asked two questions. Um, what is the story behind your song? Eloise, and personally, I also had this question and was wondering if it was about someone you know or is it based off of a story of some kind? Sure. Uh, Eloise is my best friend's uh, daughter. So ah. we wrote, I th- um, she's, I think, one and a half or something. I'm not sure how old she oh, she's is. She's two. She two? She's two. She's two. Um, she's turning three this year. Okay. <laughs> Um, but I, I'm awful with like kid ages. Like I see a small person. I'm just like, you could be one, you could be six. I have no idea. Um, but no, we, uh, I, I had that guitar riff and I was just kind of like put it on a loop pedal and was just kind of, uh, messing around with that, the, the riff at the very beginning of the song. And, um, Sabrina had written the verse, um, the count your steps, stuff like that. And I was like, this is a very, um, like it sounds like somebody that is very nervous. And then uh, I think it was the next day I was hanging out with uh, my friend Josh and he told us like uh, they decided on a name. This was before she was born. They're like, we've decided on a name. It's going to be Eloise. And immediately I was like, all right, that's the song. Like the song is going to be like like, (laughs) kind of from the perspective of like the, like count your steps, remember this moment, like be in the, like, while while the, child is being born like this is the best day of your life so like you know just mm-hmm. remember yeah. to be in the moment for it is kind of more or less where uh that song came from mm-hmm. yeah yeah just kind of the story of parenthood and and mm-hmm. the first child and the excitement and fear and and wonder of it all that was really inspired by his best friend and and their family and their new wonderful baby. <laughs> yeah, it, it's just crazy because I mean I know Josh since I was like five or six, so knowing someone since you were six and being roommates in college, and now they have a child, and you're just like, this is a weird, a weird thing, you know? <laughs> like going from playing Super Smash Brothers with you, and it felt like a year ago, and now you have a small child that you look at uh, look after. So. <laughs> yeah. That's more or less where that that idea came from. Mm -hmm. Nice. And he also had a second question. 
um, what is your songwriting process and what do you do when an idea comes to you? And I can tell from what we've already talked about so far that both of you guys write lyrics, you guys write like instrumental parts. So, I mean, that's kind of obvious, but like, what's your process in writing a song? Our process process is that there really isn't a process. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Probably three of the songs on the album are songs that like, were a halfway like a dream like don't hold back is a great example of a song that like i was i dreamt the first verse of that song woke up and said where's my phone i need to write this down real quick like open up in the notes app and write it down um there are a couple other things like that but for i'm i'm terrible at like okay from nine o'clock to noon i'm going to sit down and write a song Mm -hmm. i I can't Mm -hmm. write songs that way it's got to be like um just an idea has got to strike. And so I'll, for me, I kind of think of phrases that I'll, I'll say or think of and write them down in the notes app. And then, um, you know, when they, when they come back, that's how I know that they're something worth writing and I'll kind of play from there. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of it, and I think uh, the song, all the saints is kind of, yeah. uh, uh, an example of it legitimately a lot of it is I'm, I'm lying in bed at night and I can't sleep and it's kind of just stuff that is coming to me as I'm lying in bed and that song I wrote that song you know just sitting there lying in bed trying to sleep mm-hmm. um so that's kind of my process I know you're probably a little bit different than I am yeah I think for me a lot of it is a mindset as of, of when I am in the mindset to create, um, I'll be able to, you know, if that makes sense. But um, I'm kind of the same way. I can't really just sit down and decide I'm going to write a song right now. And then it happened, you know, I just, it's a yeah. very, um, and for, for me personally, most of the time it's when I'm driving home. If I'm driving, I'll be like, oh, I've got a song idea. And I'll just, like, turn off my radio and, like, turn on my, um, like, voice memo and just kind of record as I'm driving, singing something. (laughs) Um, Like, and and that's that's how I wrote Songbird, um, was was I was driving home and uh, this idea came to me and uh, I had half of it written by the time I got home. So, (laughs) Uh, but yeah, I mean, honestly, it's just kind of whenever inspiration strikes and something Mm -hmm. comes to you is really when I'll sit down and, and work through it. And I think we're both very different where I think I will sit down until I complete a song. Um, but Philip usually tries, will like sit down and write a verse in a chorus and then be like, all right, let's demo it out. And I'll be like, wait, what about the rest of the song? <laughs> and then he'll like, we'll write it later. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. I, I like to hear the instrumentation as close as it's going to, it, like, I like to go in a direction of the instrumentation as soon as I can, you know, as soon as the song has some semblance of a structure that's when I 
get out logic or GarageBand or something and then just like all right here's what i'm thinking it's going to be based piano like like it's going to be a piano based song but then here's where the drums are going to sound like here's what the guitars are going to sound like um here are the harmonies and that helps me finish the song more than just writing like a second verse in a bridge you know mm-hmm. um sorry they're they're nervous about the fireworks <laughs> oh yeah yeah that that makes sense yeah yeah um, yeah, that, that's kind of, I, that's my favorite way to do it. It's just, mm-hmm. um, when I, even just a chorus. If I, if I have a chorus, um, that's enough for me to go on and I can kind of make up a, a verse chord progression and uh, mm-hmm. go from there. Yeah. Yeah, honestly, I mean, I haven't like written many lyrics, so to say, like of the lyric-based songs I've written, there have been very, very few. Um I've done a lot more like, I mean, as you guys have probably heard, I've done a lot more just like electronic, like, oh, yeah. I'll just make this on GarageBand. I'll make this on BandLab. Like, it's been like a lot of like, just like short electronic stuff. But that's like, that's what I have in my mind. And that's what I just kind of lay out there. And even though yeah. it's simple, it's not really too advanced. It's just like something to get my mind moving to get me a little bit more experienced in the production phase since I am very, very new at it. And I mean, even though I don't have as much experience in lyric writing, there have been those few times where I've had like inspiration. I mean, there's been that one time when in a free period in my senior year of high school, I literally sat down and I was like, okay, I'm going to write a song. And I could only write a chorus and I've never gotten, I've tried to go back to that song and I've never been able to write anything else from that song. It's It's just been like, yeah. it it is so it's like this course is so fantastic but i can't find anything else to match it with it's yeah it's so frustrating but then there are like those other times which sorry mom i know you'll be listening to this but there was the one time yeah senior year of high school it's my song me which i have a demo out of of just me and piano um which was recorded in a practice room in my high school honestly um but i wrote that after I had an argument with her, <laughs> I literally oh, no. wrote it. I had an argument with her and then I went to bed and I got on like my school issued iPad and just wrote lyrics and like wrote that song. And then after, like, after I looked at the lyrics later, I was like, this is actually not that bad of a song. I wrote pretty good lyrics when I was mad at my mom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't think uh, there are definitely people like your sister is one of them that can, like they schedule when they're going to write songs Mm -hmm. Um, and they're like, all right, from here to here is when I'm going to sit down and write a song today. Mm -hmm. And I, all the power in the world to them, but I cannot do that. You know, I have to be Mm -hmm. in the moment. I have to, something's got to hit just right. Yeah. And that's where it comes from. And I I think like there's the uh, adage in songwriting because I, so I've never been, uh, prolific songwriter like I've written you know like 20 songs in my life and 12 of them we've recorded you know yeah um yeah <laughs> uh so like I've, I've never written a lot but th- there's this there's the saying like to be an expert songwriter you have to write like your hundred bad songs write those first mm-hmm. and get them out of the way and then you start writing your good ones but I think that's for people that do that where they write every day um mm-hmm. and I think there are other people that they write in like a more 
clumped kind of different way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, that, that that's how we are. Yeah. Um, and maybe it, maybe it bypasses the hundred crappy songs. Um, I'm not, I'm not sure. I hope, yes. I'd hope so because <laughs> no, we're in the good stuff, but it, yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's, they're just different styles of songwriting and teach their own. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So next fan question uh, from at community cuties on Instagram, another community fan page. As you can tell, I'm a part of a group chat. <laughs> um, what do you think you would be doing if you didn't get into a music career? Um, so I, I make websites as well. Um, that's what I do, like, I guess my day job or something, I guess. Um, and so I think for me, the answer is just making things. Um, I love like you can see like the lego statue right there yeah all these sound panels that i built uh yesterday and today um just Mm -hmm. making things is one of my favorite things to do so anything that involves doing that is uh probably what i would be doing yeah um so i would probably be working in a newspaper somewhere if i could find a job working in a newspaper somewhere um (laughs) that would be the kicker (laughs) Um, but no, I have a degree in journalism, and so oh. anything in communications is kind of, kind of, where I feel at home. So nice. Yeah. Yeah. So next one. Oh, I can hear my echo. <laughs> um. So from at underscore castle underscore on Instagram, uh, I would like to know who their heroes are and who they hope their music will impact the most. Is that, uh, is that musical heroes or heroes in general? Let's just do heroes in general, honestly. Heroes in general. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh man. I don't think I've thought about who my hero is since I was like 13. And that was like my pageant question. Like, <laughs> Um, maybe Barack Obama. That'd be a good one. That'd be a good um, one. Um, man, honestly, I think I think my hero, both musically and generally, would be Sarah Bareilles. Um, she's just a phenomenal human being, and uh, is so incredibly talented. And I just. I don't know. I love everything about her and I want to be Sarah Bareilles when I grow up. And like, she's just kind of the gold standard, you know? And so that I, I, I would probably say Sarah Bareilles. I'm trying to think of anyone outside of music that um, I really look up to. Um, nothing's coming immediately, <laughs> um, which is probably not a great answer. Um, I've been reading a lot of um, like kind of there's this, uh, a, it's this a Dutch author by the name of Rutger Bregman. Um, Idea. And um, yeah, he talks about, he's like a historian. And so he's uh, um, a very um, looks at history from a lens of the idea that humanity has come so far in the last hundred years, like all these amazing things that we've done 
like in the last 100 years. Um, and he talked a lot about Bill Gates basically curing malaria, like taking this disease from this rampant, crazy disease that was sweeping through Africa to something that's a lot more manageable and a lot uh, better off now. I mean, that's, that's very, impre- that's something that like, I mean, cool. He made Microsoft office and all that stuff, but like basically curing malaria is something that I think he needs to be known for going forward. So that might be, and that's, that's, you know, recency bias. Cause I was reading the book like two days ago, but that, that might be uh that might be an answer. Maybe Donald Glover going back to yes. his things. Yes. Everything, every single thing that Donald Glover has ever done is like the most amazing thing. Um, so from, true. from writing 30 rock and then even like the Derek comedy stuff on YouTube mm-hmm. um, to his stand up to community, to his music now to oh, yeah. being freaking Lando Calrissian. Like, and, but like the in Atlanta, which is also amazing. Um, don't don't tell me anything about season two. I've only watched the first season and the first episode of season two, so I'm okay, still I'm I, still watching uh, it. Um, yeah, I, mean, I, I absolutely love it. It's yeah. so, so good. It's so powerful. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like the the way he is able to effortlessly put um, things that are relevant, like culturally significant things. I mean, I, I say effortlessly, but it might, from it, from his standpoint, it might be something that he's meticulously yeah. thought through. But it looks like he does it effortlessly and can create something so amazing, so powerful, um, just like that. Like in every medium, uh, it blows my mind. Like, yeah. Um, yeah, he's incredible. So he might be up there, but I feel like heroes can't be, like he's probably in his mid 30s and i feel like for some reason i think really? the way you grow and you think i think someone that's like lived a life you know <laughs> yeah and yeah i get that that might be a, a great one to go with yeah maybe bono bono's a good one too yeah. <laughs> a lot of them out there honestly yeah, for sure. mm-hmm. um yeah. but i guess as far as uh who we want what, were, what was the exact wording uh who we want to impact, okay. impact yeah. most. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, as far as like who we're wanting to impact, it, I think honestly it, it really boils down to the idea that we really want to be the musicians that we looked up to growing up. Mm-hmm. And, and um just the impact we want to make is is just being a comfort for someone who needs it or being the confirmation that they're not alone in something and um i think mm-hmm. that's that's really what we strive for is to it's not a specific person but it's just any person in need of that you know um is really what we strive for um yeah i think for me always it's been um when i when i was like 15 16 and like learning like guitar in my bedroom or whatever and i was kind of like playing along to songs and like really into i was just hardcore into like 
the Shins, Switchfoot, Reliant K, all these like kind of bands that blew up in like the mid to late 2000s and mm-hmm. early 2010s. Um, uh, just learning all of their songs and then like relating to their lyrics and stuff like that. Like if I could, if I could be that person to the person that's doing that now, um, that's kind of our goal, you know? Yeah. Is, and, and so that, that for me, that's the coolest thing that anyone ever does is when people ask us for like chords or lyrics to our songs, mm-hmm. stuff like that. I'm like, cool. Someone's wanting to like learn it, you know? So yeah. that for me is the, my favorite thing that any bands do is when they ask for chords and lyrics and stuff like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it always makes like the struggles of everything so much worth it. Um, when we get that message of someone saying like, you guys have no idea how much your music has impacted my life and, um, and things like that. And th- those moments are just so special and mean so much, you know, and um, I think really it's, it's not a who we want to impact. It's that we want to impact those who need it the most, you know? And so I think that's, that's that, I guess. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Okay, next one. Uh, from Riley Moody on Instagram. What influenced your guys' musical technique and style individually and as a group? Uh, Coldplay, for me, again. It's like <laughs> yeah. um, that was the first... Like I, I, I took piano lessons since I was like five or six, but it was always like boring classical stuff um, yep. that I, I just mm-hmm. could not get into um, uh, just because I was so young, you know, and it's just like, why would I want to learn stuff that I, I don't like? And then um, uh, I had another teacher that, that like, he was like, well, like, uh, what kind of stuff do you like? And I was like, well, I'm listening to like Ben Folds and Coldplay and, ben you know, Switchfoot and, um Ben Foles is another one of those on the heroes question oh my god he's fantastic man he's dude his songwriting is otherworldly and just crazy like it's like how would you even like think to write that piano lick right there like that just seems ridiculous but it sounds so good what the (laughs) I I'm constantly in awe of everything he does he's so fantastic um but yeah it's like I was I think 13 and he was just like well let's learn some Coldplay let's learn some Ben Folds and um so I guess those are the two biggest things um I guess influences on my music from there and then he taught me like the number system the like one four five six chord progressions and stuff like that yeah and uh that's basically been the foundation of my musical theory knowledge um, really in that world is just it's just like is knowing knowing sheet music but like not like like knowing that foundation but then also learning the kind of more pop music theory and where that comes from yeah. um and that for me that's what changed the game when i was you know 13 or 14 and learning you know cool play um that was the biggest thing and then a couple of years later i picked up guitar and probably again you know, Coldplay or YouTube were like the influences. Cause I'm not, I'm not, a sh- I'm not someone that like shreds or has to like 
doing kind of like heavy riffs and yeah, metal yeah. stuff, but like the subtle stuff that Johnny Buckland does on the Coldplay albums or at the edge does on U2's albums. Um, that's mm-hmm. always, I've, I've always loved that. So that's kind of been the two biggest guitar inspirations for me. I don't know what your it's probably going to be Sarah Bareilles. <laughs> uh, well, actually, I mean, um, I think my musical influence has really been Death Cab for Cutie. Um, really? Which I absolutely love them. Uh, but I, I say that because uh, Phil kind of briefly brought it up, but I was, I was, raised in the world of country music and um and as as much as i love my roots and where i grew up listening to like good old 90s country you know um death cab was like my first dive into the indie world and so Death Cat for Cutie, Snow Patrol, and The Killers were the three bands that I really broke into the indie alternative rock world um, in listening to music. And, and before that, I had only ever listened to, like, country music and stuff like that, you know? Like, it, mm-hmm. the CDs rotating in my mom's car were Garth Brooks and Celine Dion, so... <laughs> That was pretty much all I was exposed to up until that point. And, um, and so when I was learning guitar, it was those three artists that I was just learning everything. And so I think they had a really big influence on how I play guitar, how I sing, how I write, because they were the basis on how I learned, you know? So um, I think it kind of melts down to that. Um, and my love for Sarah Bareilles has yep. <laughs> always been there. Um, and I will say, I think she has a lot of influence on, um, my vocals. I, I think I, I yeah. find my vocal style really mirroring hers a lot. Um, which I mean, I'm honestly okay with if, like, if anyone says, wow, you sound like Sarah Bareilles. And I'm like, my work here is done. Thank you. I'm just going to call it a day. We're done. That's all. All right. I'm just going to leave on this high note here. <laughs> so. Yep. When you get told that your voice sounds like Sarah Bareilles, you've ended your music career. Yes, you are just man. done. You can go yeah. no higher. Exactly. No point going any further. You can never surpass this moment. <laughs> Which means that me and Philip will never get to that point in any way possible. <laughs> nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> oh, man. Well, yeah, okay. I would say those, those are my influences. For sure. So. Okay, and then last fan question, which is from my mom. (laughs) Okay, so she asked, how long have you been collaborating on your music? Did you start creating music before or after you guys started dating? Uh, That's actually kind of a fun question because it was after we started dating. Really? Did you? Yeah. Uh Um, And it kind of came out of 
like we were both like really worried to like bring up our music and we're just like I don't know if like he wants to write with me or I don't know I don't want to like pressure him into this but I really like to work on music and like one day it became a conversation where we both sat down and we're like I kind of want to work on music and then you're like well I, I kind of do too we're like well would you want to work together on it I was like well I was gonna ask you but I didn't know if you would want to <laughs> it, yeah I mean pretty much it more or less was that yeah I, I didn't want to push you um to something that you didn't want to do, but I, so I had written, um, like I was just demoing out a bunch of songs, um, that I had written in our like old apartment. Um, and I, I had that guitar riff in Ceylon I'd had for Mm -hmm. a couple months and I was writing it and I was writing, writing the first verse to that. And I was like, this is, this doesn't fit my register. Like, this is way too high for me. And I was just like, hey, Sabrina, come sing this real quick. I just want to see what it sounds like. Um, and that was basically the first time I was like, oh, this could, this could be something. You know, this could, <laughs> this could work. Why not? Let's, let's yeah. give it a shot. Sure. Um, and then, like, she, like, you were saying you wrote stories, like, a couple months into us dating. And I, I was so scared to play it I didn't you. hear it for, like, four years. <laughs> yeah. Like, really? Yeah. Um, so, like, there are there was definitely, um, there was like a awkwardness of like, we didn't want to uh, play each other the stuff because I mean, there is a element of personalness in music, you know, like, like yeah. you were saying with like, you'd read a song about a conversation that you had with your mom, but you don't want to be like, this is a song about you. Hope you like it, you know, like, so I, I think that there is an element of per, like it, music is going to be personal and you don't want to like especially if you're dating someone you don't want to be like I wrote the song it's about you or I wrote the song and it's not about you like there's no there's no good oh. way to yeah. do it yeah. you know <laughs> so you could write a breakup song and uh you're like well is this about me or is this about you like do we want do you yeah. want to break up with me so it's yeah. a, there's an awkwardness oh, no. and so it took a long time and I I um uh, and I talked with Dion about this as well because you know, I don't know. Um, I think this is this. It was a secret for a long time. I think it's that, but Dion and Sarah or Dion and June Prevail are married in real life. Yeah. Um, and, okay. I, I didn't know if they. They announced it a little while ago. Okay. I didn't know yeah. if they officially. Yeah. They announced officially it. announced it. Um, yeah. yeah, but I've, I always talk to him if it's awkward writing with Sarah or showing songs to Sarah um, because he he has a lot of. Um, maybe break up e songs, yeah. Um, yeah. And I think they've had the same exact conversation. It's yeah. just like you can't take it personally. It's just it's just mm-hmm. what you had going through you at the time, mm-hmm. like the mm-hmm. energy that you had going through you. Um, yeah. And I don't know. Like it, it took us a while. It took us like a year and a half into our relationship to really be comfortable working on music together mm-hmm. um we always knew both of us were talented but never really like i guess believed in ourselves enough to think that the other would want to work with us <laughs> and so um but yeah i'm glad we finally got over that and here we are yeah yeah so. <laughs>
Well, I think all your fans are very happy that you guys were able to collab. For sure. Yeah. I mean, I'm, it's definitely something that, like, wasn't expecting it. Like, you know, this time a couple of years ago, like, I wouldn't have yeah. really thought that we would be doing it, you know? Um, yeah. So it was, it's really cool. It's yeah. definitely been an awesome experience so far. Yeah. It's been really great. So. So that is the last fan question. Um, I had one more question that I forgot to write down, of course, and I just remembered it <laughs> after the first fan question. Um, so there is something about that first song on your album. Um, can't remember the name of it for the is life the, of me right now. The intro song? Yeah, the intro song. Uh, what's, I'm Not Who I Was? Yeah. Yeah. It sounds so overly different from the rest of the album like how did you like come to that being the intro like like just what was what was the idea behind that for sure that song was um i'd always wanted to it was it was probably the last or second to last song um we did and then there was there was it's funny there's another song that we haven't released yet that we thought we were going to put on the album that um, we recorded and then ended up like, Oh, this, this will work for the next project. Let's save it. Um, And we switched that out with all the saints. Um, But that was a song that I knew I wanted um, an intro with samples from all of the other songs. So, so if you listen there's oh, yeah. a, all of the vocal chops in it are, are taken from uh, other songs. Um, and it's kind of a, it's an introduction. It's a, like, here are a bunch of elements that you're going to hear. Um, but then doing the music, um, it was us in a studio, just the three of us. And like, like the, the percussion is just me hitting a wall. Um, and so that's, that's where that, that, there's a beat that comes in and it's just me like smacking on a wall with like a microphone, like, like two feet away from it. Um, and, uh, you know, it's something that we, we just wanted to build and just like a thing that came into it. Um, I'm trying to remember anything else specific about that song. And then, and then the, the lyric, I'm not who I was, I'm not who will, who I will be is kind of what, um, an idea that we wanted to kind of keep in the entire album. So like the first song and the last song kind of ended with that. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. I don't know if you had anything else. Um, I think it was not only a way to just insert like a really interesting, captivating intro, yeah. um, but also a way to almost introduce what we want to do in the future, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like the intro is a really nice teaser, but also keeping some of the elements of the other album, of the rest of the album, like present, you know? Um, but I think it, it almost is a, like really good example of the I am not who I was, I am not who I will be. It's because this album took course over a few years, you know, and um, 
And I think it shows because you can hear the difference in, in a lot of the songs that have been oh, yeah. put together of like the difference the time has made. And um, I think that it, it became a really good example of like, we're no longer making like this sale on esque music, but we're also really moving into new things that we haven't touched yet, you know? And so um, just kind of like a, we're in that in-between spot, you know? Nice. <laughs> I think that's, that's something that we really wanted to illustrate with that intro song. So. Yeah. Well, that is awesome. Uh, last question. I know that we want to plug your newest album, which came out in April. It is amazing. Everyone go and listen to it. It's out everywhere that you can probably find it. Like Spotify, Apple music, you know, Amazon, all that general stuff. You can find it all there. Um, but any future projects, I, I'm hearing you allude to some in the future, but like, yeah, anything yeah. coming really soon. Yeah. Um, we originally, I think, like, I guess the way that a lot of music is released now, it's like in cycles, like I'm sure you know. Um, you know, you do singles that build up to the album. Um, yeah. And like how, how that period is getting like stretched out, like it used to be like two singles, then an album, and now it's like, six singles and then the album you know kind of so um we were gonna start another one of those cycles here in a month and then the tornado and coronavirus kind of hit back to back and uh put a pause on those plans so we've got like a bunch of songs in the chamber ready to go but we, we want to do it a lot not as spread out as we did with the last album where it was like a song a month for 10 months you know, we kind of mm-hmm. want a more compact release window. Um, yeah. So we're, we're waiting to finish a lot more instead of doing them month and month. Um, but yeah, we've got a couple of collaborations, like we said, the one with Sarah or Juniper Vale. Um, and then I think, so I don't know if you can tell, but we have spent the last two months basically like redoing this room that we're in now. Um, and like you can see, I built all these sound panels and stuff like that. Um, so this is going to be our recording studio. Nice. Um, yeah. And so I think we're going to break it in with a, a cover, uh, an EP of covers. So nice. Do, yeah. do like five or, covers. Six, five or six covers in our own way, still keeping the vibe of the original artist kind of thing. I think that's mm-hmm. what we want to do to like really get to know the space, get to know the room and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's mm-hmm. kind of, I think that's what we're wanting to do. We're still finalizing everything, but I think we're going to announce it here in a couple of weeks, like officially, yeah. like with the album covers and some the, the songs and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So if you, nice. have any, if, if you have any ideas for songs yeah. that you think we could do, just send them our way. Oh, Absolutely. I I have, you know, I have so many playlists that I've made because... <laughs> I got to I, I've been using Spotify since twenty fifteen. So I've gotten to the point where early in my first year of college, Spotify gave me the notification, Oh, you have liked too many songs. It is impossible for you to like any more songs. Really? And I'm like I was like I was Oh no. <laughs> I was like I have to start making monthly playlists now so I can make yeah. sure I know which songs yeah. I liked in each month. And yeah. I was like I didn't know you could get to a limit of like just under 10,000 like songs on Spotify. I was like, that's a, there's a restriction for this. That's crazy. Yeah. I was like, 
Oh no. And I mean, I probably have to clean it out because you know how there's all those newer artists because this is kind of the thing that started in the 2010s. It really didn't happen yeah. that much before was yeah. where they release a few singles or a bunch of singles and then they release the album. Yeah. Well, I think for a lot of those artists, I liked all the singles and then I liked all the s- songs on the album. On the so album. I probably need yeah. to, unlike some of the singles. So yeah. those can get yeah, some less likes. It's weird how that works with like different releases. Yeah. Like I have, um, I mean, just, uh, I think I have the same song like three times oh, in yeah. there on my like things. Cause I know when, when people switch, um, when they switch distributors, mm-hmm. um, it's a, it's a different release. So if you haven't liked it, you, you can go like it again. Um, mm-hmm. and so I, I know I've seen a song in my liked playlist, um, three or four times in there because it's like, you know, the single version and then the album version, and then they switch distributors and you like the different album version. Um, mm-hmm. yeah I, it's it's kind of a mess they need to kind of clean that up maybe I don't know how they do it yeah. they need to tighten that <laughs> up. honestly that would take too much time and I, I have that time to spend on you know other important yeah. things right. so oh, yeah. obviously that's going to stall so thank you guys so much for being on the first episode of the podcast I really really appreciate it yeah. I love talking with you guys this is awesome yeah man. this is super cool thank you so much for having us yeah, yeah sure um make sure you guys stream their album and we'll be back with a new episode sooner or later um i'm not going to give you an ultimate date because (laughs) i have no clue it's the first time so i'm just trying this out okay see you guys all later thank you yeah Uh.